across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 27 minutes after 3 o'clock. In conversation next with Musam Dung, a political analyst and a PhD candidate based at the University of Dundee in Scotland. Russian officials have accused Ukraine of launching a drone attack on a building in Moscow. The attack caused a powerful explosion that was heard across the business district of the Russian capital city. The Russian Defense Ministry has since revealed that there were no casualties after the air defenses managed to deal with the situation. So what consequences are likely to follow after this? Musam Dunga now joining us on the line. Musa, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Well, I wonder whether this is true, true rather, um, to what uh, U- Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, had said when he warned last month that the war was coming to Russia. Thank you so much for having me and to your listeners. Yes, indeed, we know that the Ukrainians have been planning you know, this summer, uh, you know, uh, pushback against um, the Russian invasion. In some ways, they've had some successes. Of course, it hasn't been the kind of counteroffensive that they would have liked. There have been certain challenges, of course, given the fact that Ukraine depends on the Western alliance of NATO in order for weapons that it is able to then utilize in its counteroffensive. And what I believe will happen is there'll be a strong pushback from Russia, but internally this works to the aid of Russia because, you know, uh, you know, the Russian government have called this another terrorist attack. And so they are framing this war in the minds of the Russian people as really a righteous war. And in terms of that, this may have aided them. And and also with this being said, is what sort of retaliation would we then see from from Russia? And would Russia also be looking into who made the drone? So what's the origins of the drone outside that, yeah, it came from Ukraine, but the manufacturer? Well, look, we must remember that Ukraine is being supported by multiple countries, including countries such as South Korea, Japan, as well as the the, the Western European countries. And so that may not necessarily really matter at this stage of the game, but but for for, for the Russian offensive or counter offensive now, this really matters to push back and to justify why Russia continues its invasion against Ukraine. Now, there may be other fallbacks, such as, as we know, the grain uh, deal that, you know, Russia pulled pulled out of and and the impact that that will have in terms of food prices going forward. We know that that's important, particularly for African countries. And so there will be a pushback. But my my forecast is we're going to be here for another year before we really see any progress in a negotiated settlement of this conflict so not even a possibility of a closed door meeting between the various uh, members of uh, BRICS um, considering of course that um, Vladimir, Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Putin rather won't be attending but would be attending virtually an opportunity to discuss the proposals that were made by China and the proposals that have been made by the African heads of state and government Certainly, there will be that opportunity, and I believe it will be taken by both the host being President Cyril Maposa, as well as his Chinese counterparts. I think all of the BRICS nations, you know, are unified in a particular message that, you know, this isn't really a time for war. We heard those words from from the Prime Minister of India earlier this year, you know, but whether this will have any impact uh, time will tell. You know, the, the key thing about negotiations of conflict is that both sides must, in their evaluation, see that they have more to lose than to gain. 
both sides don't think in their machinations that they're at that point yet. And given that, I think it's still going to be a long road before we see either party come to the table. As much as BRICS can, can speak to their Russian counterparts, they don't control what Ukraine does. And that falls in the ambit of the Western alliance. And as long as relations remain frozy between China and the US on the main, then it's unlikely that we are going to see a concerted effort to get to peace, which would be beneficial for the global economy. Thank you so much for your time, Musam Dunga, the political analyst and PhD candidate based at the University of Dundee in Scotland. It's a minute after half past three.